Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, before we start this episode, man, I wanted to kind of, um, you know, give you guys a, a quick announcement. Um, so this inter- this uh, podcast episode is an interview I did with Brandon Alexander. Uh, he is the author of The Winter's Cactus, right? So we, it's actually funny how we met, man. So we are uh, both a part of these this uh, young black professional, uh, I guess, uh, group me, right? And uh, you know, we, we was having a conversation one day, and I and I said something. And he and he had sent me a, a direct message, and we started having a conversation from there. Learned that we, you know, we 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 had some things in common. I learned that he was doing a book, and I said, "Man, I got to get this guy on the podcast." So I said, "Look, man, it's just just come on the podcast, man. It seems like you got an interesting story to tell, and uh, I think it would be dope to have you on." So I think there's a lot of value in this episode, and I think you guys are gonna enjoy it, right? So let me get through my announcements because I don't actually do that in the episode. So again, you can follow us on Twitter at DYD Podcast. Instagram, Dominate Your Dollar. You can find us on Facebook if you search for Dominate Your Dollar, right? Don't forget to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and also um, share it with your friends, right? If this, if these messages are resonating with you, which I'm sure this episode is going to be a banger and it will resonate with you, share it with your friends, man, so we can all dominate our dollars together, all right? Let's get into episode 26. Yo, what's up? I'm Sammy Andeo, CPA, creator, producer, and your host of the Dominate Your Dollar podcast. This podcast is designed to empower you with the knowledge of money and how you can make it work for you. It is my belief that the only way we can put a stranglehold on our finances is to educate ourselves and take action. Gone are the days where you get your tax return and you wonder where all your money went. Gone are the days where you try to get into investing and give up because the jargon was way too complicated. Gone are the days where the conversation that surrounds money gives us anxiety. And gone are the days where we look at those with financial freedom and think that it will never be us. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to take control. It's time to start dictating what our financial future looks like. You are now a dollar dominator. Let's go. Yeah, what's going on, man? Hey, nothing much. What's going on, Sam? Doing good, doing good. All right, man. So, um, yeah, man, I'm glad, I'm happy that you were able to, uh, you know, come out for this interview, man. Um, you know, so, you know, like you, we we had talked uh previously, like on group me, you know, from the group chat, and you said you were coming out with a with a with a with a book, man, and and you know, I think from there it was like. Yeah, man. Why, why not? I, I gotta have you on my podcast. So, man, if you get, if you can get, you know, introduce yourself, tell tell the people who you are, and I uh, give it, give us a little background, and um, you know, just just you know, tell tell me what what kind of inspired this book and what the name of it, all that stuff, man. Oh uh, man, thank you for having me again, man. This is you know definitely an honor. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Um, so my name is you know Brandon Brandon Madden. Uh, my 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 author name you can find me at uh, Brandon Alexander. 
Um, <clears throat> and pretty much like right now, you know, I do I do public accounting. Um, but I'm I'm really a creator. So this book this book was really inspired by just looking back at all of the the things I've done in my life, the different transitional periods, right? Um, initially, what I wanted to do was just put the put the poems in a book to copyright them, and mm-hmm. then I, you know what? Maybe maybe these poems can help somebody. Um, maybe maybe this can be larger than just me. Uh, so I started writing more and more. I took the poems and like really looked at what they were saying. I synthesized them and turned it into this this really beautiful motivational journal. Um, and it touches on a ton of topics, ton of topics. Um, you know, we can, we can definitely get in, get into that later, but just a few is like, you know, just defining who you are, Mm self-discovery, um, you know, the village mentality, just, just this, this need to provide for those around you. Right, right. Survivor's guilt, right. You know, depression, love, violence, so many topics on here that I feel like like critical to the culture so right so what what's the uh what's the title of the book uh the winter's cactus yeah i probably should have said that (laughs) (laughs) it's all good man (laughs) the book is called the winter's cactus Mm -hmm. so what what inspired that title i mean that that, that's kind of a a creative title like what you know what 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 went through your mind when you when you thought of that title uh so it's pretty much an oxymoron right um a cactus couldn't survive in the winter um mm, mm, okay okay i got you growing up the cactus was always my favorite plant you know like when we had the like the plant sales in school and everybody bought like roses and flowers right <laughs> I, I was a kid buying the cactus that nobody wanted <laughs> okay okay <laughs> and then the winter i hate the winter pretty much so it's, me it's too like, man i hate i'm, I'm a I summer hate. baby all day man. i hate the winter yeah. man it's so depressing yeah. summer <laughs> baby too so you know it, it's like the worst time of the year for me but so it, the title is pretty much something that I hate and then something I love for the mm. most part. Wow, man. I see the duality in there. I see the duality. That's what's up. That's what's up. Because, you know, when you first told me about like, right, the winter's cactus, what is he going for here, man? Like, it's it's a weird title, but it makes sense, yeah. man. It makes <laughs> sense. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty different. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I want to I want to dig a little bit into your background a little bit more, man. So um, when I have guests on the podcast, you know, one, one of the themes of this podcast is like, People don't really, uh, I don't, I don't think people's mindsets about money come from their upbringing and what their family talks about and stuff like that. And, um, whether it's a good mindset or a bad mindset, right? So I want to, I want you to talk about, man, how did your family, how did your parents talk to you about money, right? Was it, was it a positive thing? Was it a negative thing? Like, like, talk to me about how, what, you know, your upbringing with money. Um, I would say that I mean there was there was little to no conversation on on like money or like you know the 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 process of attaining it or keeping it maintaining it none mm-hmm. of that like it was really kind of just like all right well we we don't have a lot of money right right <laughs> like, right like, that was the conversation and um <clears throat> so like my upbringing with money started really young because I understood that at an early age um you know that that money was scarce and um so. So pretty much growing up, I was always, you know, fascinated by investing. Um, when I was 10 years old, they introduced something in school called the stock market game. And um, it was really interesting because I think they said that I was being bad that day. So they didn't let me play the stock market game. It was really funny. <laughs> so you're going to punish me? Like, like that's a really bad punishment. Um, 
so that was pretty much it. So since that period, I've been like just fascinated with investing. And and that's why I kind of went to school for accounting because it was like, all right, so I grew up hearing that we don't have a lot of money. So so then that in my mind, I was like, OK, well, who has the money? Like, why don't we have money? And like, where's the money going to? Mm, Where's it coming mm. from? I wanted to know everything about money. Um, and, and that's really why, you know, I majored in accounting. I was trying to really protect my my family's future, you know, freedom, uh, financial freedom. Okay. All right. And, and from what you told me, you know, about this book, it kind of leads into that. Right. So, um, especially like the, the, you know, the chapter on the village mentality where it's like the responsibility, uh, of like saving your family, right. The responsibility is, is put on you in such a young age because, Hey, maybe you're the first person to go to college, right? Maybe you're the first person to have that, have that really nice prestigious job. I mean, I'll put that in quote, air quotes. Um, that really nice job that's going to get your family out. You know what I mean? Like, and, and free your family. Like, so talk about, you know, just talk about like, you know, some of those things. Cause it seems like in, even in your, in the statement of, of how you were brought up, it kind of led into, um, what you made of this book. Yeah, definitely. It definitely, you know, played a huge impact. And so the chapter is called Village Mentality. In that chapter, I'm pretty much, you know, there are poems in there as well that talk about every situation, every environment that I've grown up in. Um, And it's, it's really like paying respect to everything that I've came from. So everything that has made me into what I am today. Um, But all in all, it pretty much states like, OK, yeah, we can we can be this successful. But but why are we this successful? You know, like was it was it your profession? Like did you did you want to be a doctor and then so now as soon as you become a doctor you're automatically successful, you have money. Or like 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 why did you try so hard in the first place? Mm, um, mm. And most times, you know, people get blinded because they say, Oh, I'm a doctor now. Like no, it's because you had humble beginnings, like there was something in your life where you wanted to make a change and you were adamant. And you tried really hard because, you know, you believe the future could be better than the present. Um, and it, it really talks about the the one there's you know, external pressure. And some families like after kids go to college, they can't come back home unless like they're paying rent or they're, you know, they're like actually required to pay bills even before they go to college. Like like at like 16, when you get your first job, like. So it's really interesting that some kids can't even come back home unless they're contributing to the household. Right. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I really want to get your opinion on this. So so how do you, because I, 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 I go, I don't know if I go back and forth with that. I know I'm Nigerian, right? And I know right now I can go back. If I, if I wanted to move back into my mother's house, right, I can go back to my mother's house and it won't be, it won't be a problem. She won't charge me rent. If, you know, if I need to get back on my feet, my mother will let me, you know, live in her house, um, you know, as long as I cleaned up, as long as I do, you know, as long as I'm not a bum, whatever, um, she, she will let me come move back into her house. Right. Um, and even, you know, even my sister, she, she didn't move out until she got married. Right. And that's just the culture that we come from. Do, why do, maybe it's American culture. Maybe, maybe it is, but why, why is it that once you, once you like, you know, I guess are an adult, you're automatically assumed to like, all right, when you move, if you li- still live here, you have to pay rent, you have to contribute to bill, blah, blah, blah. Why do they always try to push you out to be an adult so quickly? Um, You know, I, I would agree with you on, on that statement. Like, you know, my, my, my mom has been very um patient with me as well. And, you know, so I could definitely come back home um, at any time too. 
you know, like you said, as long as you clean up, you take care of the place. But I think, you know, this goes back to, like, it is deeply rooted in the, the socioeconomics of, of uh, America and, unfortunately, the way, like, certain systems in America were set up, mm-hmm. um, targeting, you know, targeting uh, urban communities, um, such as, like, welfare. So, like, I don't, you know, I don't know if this is the answer, but this may be a factor. Sometimes, like, like people are on welfare, and when that social worker comes and they see you got, you know, this kid has turned 18, and you, you don't get any more money for that child anymore. Ah, I see, I see. Gotcha. You, or, like, sometimes they even kick the man out. Like, they say, I think Kendrick said it on one of his songs in his new album. He said, you better not tell the social worker he live here. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that. That that really may be a factor in some community, in, in some households. Um, where once your child turns 18, you know, they, they now go from being an asset to a liability. Um, they're not bringing in that, that, that welfare check anymore. Um, and so that's something that's deeply rooted in the socioeconomics of, of our communities that, you know, I think it's a mindset change. Um, and, you know, I don't really know what to say on that because, you know, it's really a delicate subject. It is. Um, it is. It definitely is. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I mean it definitely because I, I because okay, I know for me, right? You know, I know my kids. I don't want them, and I and I think I think the premise comes from I don't want my child to be sheltered, and I, I want them to really understand what life is about, right? I want them to you know pay rent so they know that when they get out in the real world, this is you know nobody's gonna be there's not a safety net out there. You have to you have to take care of yourself, right? So. So I think the premise is I want to groom my child to make sure that they they know, um, you know, once they get out there, they're going to have to do these things for themselves. Right. But at the same time, I think I think you may be. You may be hindering a a child if if you do that, because if they don't have the means to do that, right, if you're charging them rent and they just they literally do not have the money or they're scraping to get the money when they don't necessarily have to. Um, it, it, it can, it can, you know, it could be, it could be, uh, kind of a setback for them, right? You're, you're creating a setback for them when, when it doesn't even need to be a setback, right? You can, you can create an environment where they can just build their money. Um, and then when they're ready to step out, they step out, right? So, you know, it, 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 it goes both ways because yes, you want your child to like, you know, to, to have those, to have those skills when they get out. So it's not a, just a rude awakening when they get out, but also, you know, what, what, at what point are you kind of holding them back from really building wealth? Right. Right. Exactly. And it's, it, and it's a fine line because like, it's kind of like when they say, Oh, you know, you, you need experience for a job, but then you need a job for experience. Ooh, don't let me get started on that <laughs> boy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, listen, I think that's like that's the main complaint for us millennials, right? I mean, like, come on, like we 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 filling out job applications, and then you say, oh, we need this much experience, but you're only gonna pay me, you know, this this like forty five k or whatever, whatever. And they, and they like I I just heard the other day I was I was doing a college tour the other day. They're saying yeah that you need a PhD for entry level job now. I'm like, man, listen, <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, man. But yeah, so we're, we're, you know, we could talk about that for, for a long time, man. So I want to know, you know, we, you talked a little bit about your book, right? I want to know, so, you know, the basic premise of your book, like why, why should my audience, you know, why should the Dominate Your Dollar listeners, man, why should they pick up this book and, and, and read it? 
Um, I would say because it, it's an important it's an important conversation to have, right? Especially the village mentality chapter. Oftentimes, you know, more more often than not, we're first generation college students, first generation professionals, and we take it upon ourselves whether you know it's explicit or implicit that we provide for our families. But it's like we put so much pressure on ourselves, right? Um, and and it's like the pressure. You know, it's okay to to not put so much pressure on yourself. Mm. Like we, we know you you might want to help. We we know you want to do all these great things, but you have to take care of your your mental health first. And so basically, what what the book says, um, you know, it talks about like mental health in urban communities as well. It's like we put so much stress on ourselves to do all of this, to be legendary, to be great, and and in the midst of all of this, we forget like to check ourselves and figure out what's going on with us. Right. And it, it talks about like love, really, like like compassion amongst mankind, um, violence. So it, it's like a lot of different things that go go on within our community specifically as well. But in the larger scheme of things. Right. And, and so it really reminds you to discover your passion. Uh, I think you know, I, t- I touch on discovering your passion, pleasure and purpose. Right. You can never truly be happy unless you're able to create and be yourself, like fully express yourself. Mm. Mm. Most we get into the office and it's like we can't even be ourselves like you know our voice changes like you know we we walk around a, a different way it's really weird it's, i mean i think they call it code switching oh yeah switching. code switching is a real thing brother it's yeah, a real it's a thing too but you know so i touch on all of that within the book and i think it's it's critical for the you know not even for the first generation college student high school students can read this as like a forewarning like you know it's okay to be yourself it's okay to not put so much pressure like we know you're tired <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just take your time right and and it's man i, I, I want to touch on the code switching topic that you brought up man and i think i think it's an inherent thing that all black 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 people in america um just know how to do like they just know um they just they, they was just brought up to kind of know that all right well you know I, since i'm in this environment i gotta act a certain way right we can't we, we can't fully fully be ourselves because hey man it might it might offend somebody it might it might make somebody else uncomfortable whatever the case may be and we were taught that from an early age this is what you have to do this is how you have to act you know around certain people yeah and it's it's really it's really interesting like like you said it's inherent like i don't think you know what i mean like it, it's something that we just know how to do mm-hmm. i think um uh chris chris rock said <laughs> or dave Chappelle said like like black folk are just like you know automatically bilingual yep. Like, yep. like like we have chilling with the homies voice and then we have like job interview voice it's really funny that it happens that way but and and, and I, I i when i look at somebody who can do that who can do that easily i, I think about jay-z right jay-z is someone who can walk into a business meeting and Really talk, you know, he, he, I mean, he, he rubbed elbows with, he rubbed elbows with Warren Buffett. You know what I mean? Like, this is one of, one of the most prestigious, most successful man, you know, in the world right now. But like, he can also go to a, you know, one of the roughest places and still garner that respect and talk to him in a certain way that will motivate them to do better, right? Like, I'm yeah. not saying that Jay Z is going to every hood and trying to motivate them, but he could if he wanted to, right? He will still have that respect. They won't look at him like, Ah oh, man, yeah, he a sellout, whatever, whatever. They gonna listen to him, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because he knows how to speak to them, right? I I think somebody else who who I who I really respect and who just dropped an album, 
uh, Nipsey Hussle, right? Nipsey Hussle yeah. is someone who can definitely do that, right? He can, he's very smart in a sense where he can, you know, he can talk to corporate partners, corporate partners and still, like, you know, a, a, a big thing of, of him is still owning his match. It's still being the owner of his own fate. So, you know, uh, controlling his, his narrative, right? But he can still, you know, talk to the street, motivate them to stop doing what they're doing, right? Because he's been through that. So, it just, it's, it's an unfortunate thing that we have to do it, but also we, I think, again, like the N word, we turn it into a positive thing, right? Definitely, definitely, it's, it's definitely a great thing when you when when you use it as a means to an end, right? Just as a means of communication to communicate more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I think I think that's another reason why the book is so uh, you know so so transformative and so powerful is that. You know, yeah, you know, I'm in the corporate world, the corporate arena, and and yes, I've I've made it to that certain level in in a sense where it's like, okay, like I've seen this world, but I also understand your world. So this is why this is why you should read the book because now I'm speaking on two different platforms, mm. right? I'm 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 showing you that success is possible. All of these things are possible, yet you know, I live right next door to you. Um and so, so the conversation is something that you can understand where it's like, like, it's not like somebody just coming out of, out of like their, 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 you know, office on the 50th floor and just trying to like preach to you, like saying like, hey, don't do drugs, just stay in school. Like, yeah, no, right, right. You, right? <laughs> um, and so this is possible. Like, like if I need to break it down, like we can do that as well. But, you know, so I think that's why the code switching and, 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 just understanding how to communicate effectively to, to different walks of people is so, so crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it definitely is, man. Like, again, like I said, on one hand, you're like, man, why do I have to do this? I want to be my real self. On another hand, it's like, all right, this is, this, this is what I got to do. Boom. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to become a master at it to get where I want to go so I can bring my people up. And, yeah. you know, I always bring, I always kind of like, I always think about this. Like, I don't know if there's any other. You know, and, and I'm speaking from a black man's perspective, right? So if, if black women feel like they need to do this too, I'm not excluding you. I'm just talking about from my perspective, right? I don't know if there's any other, uh, group that feels that inherent need to bring their people up, right? We always, like, I feel like for me, if you're, if you're a black man in America, if you're, if you're moving and shaking, making moves, you have, you know, you have a good job, whatever, whatever, you just feel that inherent, like that, that tug at you like listen go back and get your brother go yep. back and show them you know like when you when you're around them hey show them what, it, what what it's like to wear a good suit but still be cool right show them show them like you you have that inherent pull and I, and, I, and, I, and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like all kind of all black men who are making moves out here they feel that pressure yeah it's definitely a pressure because, <laughs> you know, I t- it's another chapter in the book called um, Survivor's Guilt, right? Mm. Like, I'm touching on topics that are real and, and topics that we all go through yet no one talks about. So, so so another chapter in the book is called Survivor's Guilt, where it's like there's like this inherent pressure to not only help your family with the village mentality, but now you have the homies. And, and that's the survivor's guilt. Like, okay, why weren't they able to go to the same schools as me? Why, why was I given this opportunity? Why are they still, you know, like, like fighting to just get by? Like, this isn't right. So how can I help them now? Like, do I, do I help them open a business? 
Do I give them knowledge? Like, like, how do we even go about that without them feeling as if we think we're better than them? Mm-hmm. And most times, most times it comes from it's like, oh, now, oh, you left the hood. Now you're different. Now you're smart. Oh, you, you Wall Street now. You can't come back here. But it's, it's, and it's really interesting. Like, we don't want, we don't want to have them say that about us, right? So we automatically say, I, before they start saying, I'm Hollywood now. What can I do? It's like the worst, it's like the worst thing they can say, man. It really is. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's just the worst thing that someone can say is like, oh, you changed, man. You, you, you Hollywood now. You, you like Wall you Street. You out here. The same. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he said that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's, it's again, a fine balance where it's like, yeah, I want to help you. I want, I want to bring you up from where you are, but I know if I keep on pouring into you, right? And you're not, you know, you're not taking, any of my advice, you're not, you're not taking any of my lessons, you know, my failures, you're not taking any of that. If I keep on pouring into you, I'm going to be empty. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for, in order for someone to, and, and it's, it, this is, this is, this is, how, um, I got this idea from a book I read, um, uh, uh, you are a badass and making money, right? Um, and, and it's, it's, some people feel bad when they, when they, when they desire to make a lot of money, right? When they desire to be successful because, because they look at other people, they look at other people who are successful, seeing how they got there. Maybe they stepped on somebody, right? Maybe they, maybe they did some, uh, some unethical deal and they got to that point. And then you, and you get, you develop this belief that, Oh, all rich people are bad. All rich people are, you know, are selfish or greedy or whatever the case may be. And this book, kind of help you to kind of like, no, it's, it's okay to desire, you know, desire money. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't, just because you desire money, just because you desire success doesn't mean you're going to turn into that, 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 you know, that, that person, right? That you're not going to turn into Trump, right? You're not going to be, so you know what I mean? Like, that's just not what it is. So you have to kind of like realize that, right? You have to realize that, man, just because I want, just because I want success, just because um, I striving for success. That doesn't mean that doesn't make me a bad person. That doesn't make me, you know, that doesn't change my character, right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't change your character at all. And I think, I mean, sometimes like we look at it as as like a Scrooge figure, but but Scrooge Scrooge was just really cheap. He didn't want to help out the community. But I think you know if if your if your goal is to get really wealthy to 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 put it all back into the community. You know, I mean, obviously you have to keep some for yourself and for your, you know, generational wealth. So keep it in the family. But I think philanthropy is is an impressive tool. So, you know, even with that, that's that's really what I'm trying to do with this book, with this with this movement, this idea of the winter's cactus surviving in an environment that was supposed to kill you. Like, you know, that's really I think I think that'll make it okay, Right. Like, I, I think you always have to give back. Um. And, and and make sure that it's in a a a resourceful way that actually promotes you know your agenda forward with whatever community you come from. I think philanthropy definitely is the way. Um, but yeah, so essentially, like becoming rich isn't a bad thing, but it's mm-hmm. it's really like what do you do after that? Like right, right. like money money isn't really the only you know. Time is like the only luxury. I think I heard Kanye say that a bunch of times, but really, like, like so if you can, you know, like money at a certain point becomes less valuable than appreciation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, than peace. Like, yeah, 
piece. Like, so to me, like appreciation is way more valuable than money. Um, like when people say, wow, B, you know, I'm proud of you. Like, like you're really out here trying to, trying to make a difference. Like I feel like a million bucks. Like I just made a million bucks. Right. 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 So. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. So, um, so I think it's interesting when you were, as you were talking to me about the book and, and even, even throughout this, um, this conversation we're having today, um, when you say that, I think you, you took an interesting take on how you constructed this book, right? So, um, autobiographical poetry, right? Uh, uh, and, and you, and you want to use that as a form of motivation, right? I don't hear a lot of accountants who are into poetry or who are into arts, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, you know, it's just being honest. I don't, a lot, a lot of accountants are very analytical, are very, uh, you know, very straightforward, data driven, you know? Um, what, how, how do you even, you know, get that, like, what made you want to do a autobiographical poetry, um, to kind of get, to kind of get your point across? Like what, what inspired that? Um, I think, so, right. I think it's more so about separating what you do from, from who you are. Um, I've always been a creator and, and it was really interesting. It was really interesting. Like I got to college. And all of a sudden, like even before college, I was interested in like stocks, right? That was always my base. Mm-hmm. Like I was always like, no matter what I did, I was always going to invest the money and get like 10% a year. Like that was my goal. Like ever since, you know, that incident when I was like 10. <laughs> right, right. It's I was crazy like, how, that, how that molded you, man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it molded the entire thing, my maturation and everything. So pretty much um, I had always been a creator. Like I was always on stage. Um, I recorded my first like series of, of songs when I was like eight years old. Mm. Um, so, so music and, and creating has always been who I was. Now it wasn't until I got to college, right. Or maybe a little bit before college where I started reading the wall street journal. Um, but like when I got to college, it was, it was like, I developed this identity of this accountant. Right. And so automatically I told myself like, Brandon, you're an accountant. Now you're, you're an accountant major. You can't, you can't be the same creative person that you were. You can't record music. You can't produce. Oh man, that's real though. (laughs) Um, so I, and, and pretty much what it is, you have to separate what you do. Right. Um, so the way that the book came along with, it was just like, I was in the space where I was, I wasn't being true to myself. Like, how can I possibly put away all of this creative talent and for, so essentially I forced myself to be an accountant. And I think it was more so a testament that I, I personally believe I can do anything I want. Like I, I can achieve anything. Um, growing up, I was never good at numbers. Like I said, reading and, you know, like music, uh, the arts were more of my thing. Like numbers, I stayed away from math. Like I had to take pre-calculus twice. Like, wow. so math- Never been my thing, but it was more so a challenge for me. I was like, "B, you know, you were never good at it. Like, just try it. Like, you know, make yourself good at it." Um, and so, so I made myself good at it. Essentially, like I tried really hard. Uh, it was it was more so like a personal triumph than like, "Oh, I love accounting. Let me just try this." Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. you on that one. I definitely, I definitely relate to what you're saying, man. Like, I think I won't necessarily um put myself in the creative category. I don't know. It's weird because again, when, when you, when you have a certain profession, you, you almost put yourself in a certain bucket, right? right. Just like you said, you almost put yourself in that, in that cookie cutter bucket, right? You're saying, all right, you know, 
I'm an accountant. I'm not supposed to be this way. I'm not supposed to be fun. I'm not supposed to be engaging, right? I have a whole podcast, right? Like that's not, you don't really hear accountants <laughs> that work the job that we do have a whole podcast and do these types of things, right? Um, you know, so, so I think, I think what you're talking about, just breaking that mold and saying, you know, and you're, and you're, and you're putting yourself out there and that, and that's even strengthening your brand even more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely strengthens your brain. And, and oftentimes, like, we don't want to change from the image that we have of ourselves. Mm, like, mm. It, it, it takes a really strong person to, to fight against, you know, this image that they built up. Like, <laughs> like, like being an accountant in, in college, like, you know, you join all these groups, you go to all these networking events. It's like, hmm, I wonder what they would think if, you know, they knew that I was this, this creative person. And, and you oftentimes don't see that. Like you said, you don't see it at all. But it's the most liberating feeling you can ever have. Um, just being able to be yourself and still be this this accountant, this this financial person. It's kind of like, all right, like it, like we were talking about earlier, Jay-Z can still go back to, you know, any hood in America and, and relate to those people. But he can also walk into Wall Street and, and have a business meeting. And it's just understanding the full your full potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you can, you have to break out of the box. Like, like essentially you have to basically destroy your ego, you Ooh, know, that's a good one. Like, just like destroy it, you know? And, and once you do that and you broaden your definition of yourself, you, you can, you'll be amazed at the things you'll achieve. So. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just about being human, right? We're, we're, we're so multi, multi-dimensional. We're so multifaceted, right? In, in our development, right? We can be, you know, like, like Charlemagne the God always says, man, it's like, you know, you can be a ratchet, but you can be, uh, I don't know, wholesome, right? I, I don't, I don't know exactly how he does it, how he says it, but it's like, you can be both people, right? You don't have to be like, just because you, uh, exhibit one thing doesn't mean that that is it. Like that, that's just you. That's your personality. Some people will want to put you in that box. But, you know, you're, you're more than just, than just, you know, just that, right? And a lot of people get surprised when they kind of see those other sides of you. Because, like it or not, we all do it. We put people in boxes, right? Like, oh, yeah. they're, they're this. Okay, cool. Like, if you, let's say you meet somebody and they say, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a therapist, right? You probably looking at them like, oh, what, what they, what, you know, they probably analyzing my every move. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, what this mean? And you start asking them dumb questions like, what am I thinking now? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and people people treat us the same way. Like, oh, you're an accountant. Oh man, you must know this. You must know that. Blah blah blah. And granted, I I I, I take it sometimes and run with it. You know what I mean? Because some of it is good. Most of it is good. Like, oh, you must be really smart. Oh, you this that the third. Blah blah blah. You know, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's 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 a catch twenty two. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just gotta take it with a grain of salt. Like, I, I just think it's 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 a testament to how powerful we truly are as human beings. Like, you know, to just break out of that shell, and not everyone can do it. Some people, some people actually lock away their creativity, and I talk about this a lot in um, you know, on my website. Um, there's something that I sent out, you know, to just just my followers, the people who like the core fans. I sent them. I call it the passion pack, but. Mm. I really talk about how can you discover your passion, um, and and it's really a hard thing because it's like, all right, you have this image, 
like what are they gonna think of me if if I do something else? But I mean, I think I think it's it's been said, you know, a lot of times before. Like even the Forty Eight Laws of Power says, always recreate yourself. Um, they say they say that you should change your career every ten years. Mm. So it's like, all right, and there's no rules to this game called life. You know, one of my great friends, he told me when I first started working, he said, Brandon, you could do anything you want to do. Like there are no rules. There's no curriculum. This isn't college anymore. Like, like, like if you want to jump out of a plane and go skydiving, like you go be the best skydiver out there. Like, so there's really no rules, even though like we have all these exams, we take all, all these benchmarks for our careers. Like, oh, I want to be a homeowner by 30. I feel like you could be a homeowner at 23. Like, it really depends on how hard you work for it and, Mm -hmm. and how you define what you want, how you define your success. Mm -hmm. And also, you know. Let's say you don't make that goal of being a homeowner at 23, right? It's right. okay, right? It's okay, like, right. Exactly. it's okay. Like, it's, you, you can be a homeowner at 40. You can be a homeowner. Like, it doesn't matter, right? You, it doesn't matter when you finish school. It doesn't matter all these things. You know, it's just, we put, again, it goes back to, the, you know, what you're talking about in your book, that pressure that we put on ourselves. Okay. Like, we so said, you know, and it's like, and you know, it, it, it's just it's just crazy. Like like you know, like when I first started this podcast, right? You know, I, I my first episode I dropped it was called Imposter Syndrome, right? Because how could I, I, I you know, just just before, I I was really hesitant of starting this podcast. Like how could I talk about money? You know what I mean? And I'm still in the fight. I'm still in the fight trying to get my money right. Right? I'm still in, I'm still in this fight trying to um, understand the financial system that we live in today. Right? I'm still in this fight. How can I come from a, a place of authority and talking about money? So that, so I, and, and I think for high performers, for people who are, who are very ambitious, they always go through that imposter syndrome. And it's, it's inherently that pressure that comes along with g- gaining certain levels in your life, right? You, you're expected to know this, you're expected to know that. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, and, and just hopping out there and just doing things, right? And just, doing it coming from like even writing your book i'm sure it was like what what qualifies me to talk about this type of thing you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah yeah you know i said who well, i think i am like <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but you see but, but we see people um kind of walk in that light all the time why can't we <laughs> right exactly and i think I think like i i really sat there and asked myself so many times like who do i think i am for writing this book, for touching on all these topics, but, but no, like, these are real topics, like, it's, it's, like, I've literally went through this, right, so, I mean, I think life qualifies me to talk about this, oh, no, yeah. like, oh, you yeah. know? Yeah, for sure, for sure, man, and it's just, you know, you always, I, I know for me, I always think that um somebody gonna hop out and say, nah, you a fraud, bro, like, get out of here, man, you don't know nothing about money, you know, I, I don't know, I always have that fear that comes like, nah, you don't know nothing, nothing about this. I see, I seen your bank account, man. Nah. <laughs> yeah, zero, zero, zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you, you, you think people are going to come out and say that, but it's not, that's not even the case. Cause, you know, people are dealing with their own issues. They want, they just want to have a message that, that, that kind of, um, you know, that resonates that, that will help them out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. So, and it, this was, this was a really good conversation, man. I, I appreciate you coming on, bro. <laughs> oh, man, this was good. This was good. You know, yeah. definitely hoping to come back sometime soon. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, definitely. So, um, I want you to talk about like some things that kind of, that kind of, some of the things, other things that kind of inspired you, not just your life, but like 
some books that you read that kind of like or or podcast or anything that you that you kind of um you know come across that kind of helped you on your financial you know your professional journey or some maybe something that helped even help you write this book like what are some books that you read that kind of help you get there um and and books are really important to me like in 2018 i'm doing this 52 book challenge so i'm on book um i'm on book six right now for the for the year but um so books are really important but i would say like rich dad poor dad um definitely you know his first book pretty much like what rich parents tell their kids versus what you know poor parents tell their kids Mm -hmm. i think i think that was very critical um and that one hits close to home as well too because those ideologies are more or less real like that's really what happened um um i would say you know and then his his second book um you know his guide to investing that really helped put things in perspective uh how to win friends and influence people yep dale carnegie yep yep um what's another one what's another one um recently i read this book by um no, Nicole Nicole McLaren Campbell, I believe, a Jamaican author actually. Okay. And it talked a lot about, you know, just, just breaking out of that box, asking asking for what you needed, um, like like really like doing away with fear. Her book called Make It Count, um, tips to unlocking your vision. Mm. Um, so that really that really that really um put things in perspective as well. And um last but not least, I would say Charlemagne the God's uh black privilege, you know. Yeah, man, I love that book. I love that yeah, book for yeah, sure. Was, yeah, aside from it, I had the audiobook, so aside from it just being entertaining, like like because of Charlemagne, you know, he, he really the, the principle that, you know, just live your truth. Um he said put yourself on and he said respect goes far. Um so I think like those three principles from that book really put things in perspective for me recently. Um and you know, respect, you know, definitely coming coming from the urban community, respect and reputation definitely goes far. Um and even in the corporate world, right? So we take that and translate it to the corporate world. Um, and I think it's just general. In general, it's like the golden rule, you know, respect those, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. So mm-hmm. yeah, those are the books that really, you know, influenced me a lot. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to check out that, 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 I think that third book you were talking about from the Jamaican author. What was the name again? Uh, Nicole McLaren Campbell. Yeah, yeah. It's called Make It Count. Make It Count. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that one out, man. Yeah. The uh the Charlemagne the God book, man, golden book, man. If you haven't read that book, please, man, get that book, get the audio book. I'm an audio book guy. What what you you, you are you the type of person that like to have that physical book or you're an audio book guy too? Uh, you know, historically I had the physical book before Audible kind of came out, but yes, now I'm really into audio books. Like just on the drive, drive around the city, like you know, you can knock out a book. Driving up like a two hour drive, you can knock out a book. So it's really it's really efficient. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I I don't know. I'm not gonna say I feel guilty, but it's like, damn, like, am I am I really like? I don't even know why I have these thoughts that come in my mind, but it's like, am I really like absorbing everything that's coming in this book? If I'm if I'm yeah. just knocking these things out so quickly, like I read like three books in like one weekend because I had, I just had to drive, you know, I had to drive far that weekend, right? And I was just like, all right, well, let me listen to this audio book. Mm-hmm. You're like I, I don't know, like do do thoughts like that come in your mind? Like, man, I'm not, I'm not getting the physical book. I'm not getting the real jewels from this book yeah no somebody hit me with that they say you cheating because you're not reading the, the physical book <laughs> so, my response was like man this is multimedia you know you hear you you absorb things better when you hear it mm-hmm. um and you can envision it so i think it, it's 
I think audiobooks help us increase our imagination more than just reading a regular book does because you can hear it. You can hear the tone in their voice mm-hmm. and that paint your own picture as yeah. opposed to just reading words. Um, so I, I think it does count. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and if some, some people will say that. Um, I know, I know somebody said before, like when you read and you, and you like, when you just say you're reading, right. And you just have the words, you know, that you have to have the words on the paper, but then you start to like, let's say somebody makes a sound in the book. You start to make that sound in your head. So it's even more imprinted in your head when you, when you, could you created it yourself instead of the audio book creating it for you. So that, that's the argument on the other side where it's like, well, if you, you know, if you're creating it yourself, it, it sticks more. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It, it, I, I go back and forth with it all the time, man. Cause I, I, I know, I know I felt like, man, I'm, I'm am I cheating, man? Like I'm over here just knocking out these audio books <laughs> and everything. But you know, a, a lot of people don't read at all. So. I get that. <laughs> yeah, that's, another thing. That's, a, that's another reason why I wrote this book. Like, because it's like, all right, maybe if you see somebody who looks like you, who lives right next door, maybe you'll, you'll decide to open a book. Mm. Like, you know, and I, it's just so many opportunities. I'm looking to build a door of opportunity. Um, you know, there's other, there's other special announcements too. So maybe next time, you know, you'll have to have me back. I could, you know, fill you in on those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to reading the book, man. You sent me the pre order. You know, I'm I'm definitely gonna get myself a copy, man. I'm gonna support you. Um, you know, and I am and I'm also gonna like, you know, like I'm gonna tell my listeners, man, you gotta you gotta get this book, man. You gotta you know, I, I'm hoping that what we talked about here kinda inspires you to kinda read the book because I I've I never heard a premise like this before, uh written in book format. Um, and, and this is conversation that we need to have, man. Like, yeah, I, I, I think this book will really spark a lot of conversation, um, and really talking about what we go through as a black community, man. So this is, this is a topic that, you know, it's black history month. We gotta, we gotta talk about these things, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We definitely gotta talk about it. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, but you know, that's, that's why we're doing it just to have that conversation. So. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So tell everybody where to find you if they have any questions. If they if they want to uh, get a pre order link, I, I heard you say you had a, like a blog or whatever. Just put all that out there right now. So we, you know, and I'm also gonna put it in the description so they can go find you. Oh, uh, that's beautiful, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, everyone, you can find the Winter's Cactus uh, by Brandon Alexander at thewinterscactus.com. Um, you know, once again, that's thewinterscactus.com. Uh, you can you can pre-order exclusively on that website, um, and you know the book will be available on all you know book publishing websites any, anywhere books are available on March 10th. Um, so that's Amazon, Ingram, um, you know sites of that nature. So it's exclusively at thewinterscactus.com right now, and on March ni- on March 10th, excuse me, Amazon and everywhere else will have the book. Uh, and there's free giveaways on the website as well. Um, you can find merchandise on there. You can find tour dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm having a release party. If you're in New York City, I'm having a release party um, at the Parkside Lounge on March 10th uh, from 4.30 to 8.30. Um, so definitely check that out. You can grab tickets at thewinterscactus.com. Uh, you can pre-order at thewinterscactus.com and get your free copy of the Passion Pack. The number one guide to discovering your passion mm. at winterscactus.com as well. So there's a lot of free giveaways on there, a lot of value, um, you know, and you can stay in the loop. All right, man. And what about your Twitter, man? Anybody, like, let's say they just want to hit you up and just ask a couple questions. You have, you have some social media stuff that you want to uh, share? 
Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. On Instagram, it's uh, at underscore Brandon Alexander underscore. Um, and then Facebook is, you know, Brandon Alexander as well. Uh, so Instagram, once again, that's at underscore Brandon Alexander underscore. All right, man. So you heard it here, man. If you if you have any questions, you know, go ahead and get, go ahead and hit them up, man. If you want to continue the conversation, hit them up, man. And if you guys really want to like, you know, you want to bring them back on the Dominate Your Dollar podcast and just talk about some other things, you know, you want to dive a little deeper in, in this podcast. I mean, in, in you know, in this conversation, let me know. You know, I definitely, I'll, I'm, I'm definitely happy to bring them back on. Uh, and you know, again, I appreciate you for coming on. And um, you know, I guess we're gonna sign off on that, man. Hey, thank you, Sammy. I appreciate you having me. Uh, thank you to Dominate Your Dollar. Look forward to talking to you guys again. All right, man. Peace. Peace.